Welcome to the Evidence-Based Pilates Podcast with your host, Adam McAtee. This podcast provides you the tools and confidence to become a fearless and evidence-based Pilates instructor, which is exactly why we're going to dive right in. All right, and welcome to another episode of the Evidence-Based Pilates Podcast with yourself, Adam McAtee. And today we have a special guest, Amy Sasso, is here to drop some knowledge all episode long. Uh, welcome, Amy. Hi, Adam. Yeah, well, it's awesome. Uh, it's awesome to have you here. And um, for our, for the listeners who don't know Amy, one, she's awesome, and you need to use the show notes to go follow her on Instagram. But then also, uh, Amy, I'd love to um, get, I'd love for the listeners to get to know you. Uh, like, what is your story? Uh, what is your background? Thank you. Thank you, Adam, for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. I was very honored when you asked me to be on your show. Um, for people who don't know me, so I'm a Pilates teacher. I live in Costa Rica. And my background is I'm originally, I studied computer science. That was a long time ago. And uh, I got into Pilates kind of, you know, maybe a typical way. I was doing a lot of ballet as a hobby while I was working as computer programmer. And I got injured, as a lot of dancers do get injured. And um, as a result of this injury, I, I went to a physiotherapist who told me I should try Pilates. So I stopped doing ballet. I went to try Pilates. I did that for a year. I did a mat class once a week. This was in Amsterdam, in Holland, where I was living at the time. And it was really interesting because after doing a year of, you know, basically one mat class per week and a few physio sessions, I went back to my ballet class and it was unreal how I had changed, how my body had changed, how much stronger I felt. And I just was like, whoa, what is this Pilates thing? It's just, it's amazing. It's something very special. So then I decided to get into it. And that's the start of my journey. That was in 2008. Um, and then I did a course with uh, Pole Star Pilates in Amsterdam. I learned to oh, teach yeah. Matt with them. They were really cool, and it was a really nice experience to start off with. And uh, then I came back to Costa Rica, and I looked for a job here at Teaching Pilates. I, I said goodbye to the computers, like I just like a drop of the hat. I was like, this is not for me. This Pilates thing is too good to be true. Um, yeah. My dad wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> um, I left a forklift. So yeah, when I came here, what's that? I left a forklift. That's what I was doing before. My, my oh my God. Yeah, we left computers. <laughs> yeah, some people were like, you are insane. What are you doing? Like I had a wonderful, you know, great high paying job. And I was just like, no, 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 this Pilates is too good. Um, so when I came back here, I found a job at the studio that wanted me to uh, do a comprehensive classical certification. So I went to Miami for power Pilates. I flew back and forth between Miami for a couple of years, did that. Um, started teaching here more, got more clients, built up my, my following, let's say. And then I, I always wanted to, I mean, in everything I do, I want to do it to the best of my ability and get all the knowledge and do all the courses and be as close as I can to the source of what I'm doing. So I looked for uh, Lolita San Miguel, who is a Pilates elder. She was certified by Joseph Pilates. And I applied to go and study with her in Palm Beach in Florida. And I, she accepted me into her program. I did that for a couple of years. And that was amazing to get to meet her was a real, you know, amazing experience because she's like the superstar in the Pilates world. Yeah. And um, after that, I started teaching for her, teaching her teacher training program. So I have experience teaching teachers, which was also wonderful, great experience. And then I thought I was kind of like at my, let's say, peak of my Pilates career, uh, what have you, feeling kind of quite accomplished and whatever. And then I stumbled onto this uh, clinical Pilates uh, diploma from Breathe Education. Yeah. And I did that. And now I'm here. I just finished that last week, two weeks ago. 
Yeah. yeah. So that's <laughs> kind of my journey really in a real small nutshell. <laughs> so, so if I were to capture that, that you did Polestar, Power Pilates, then mm. Lolita's program, and then uh, the Diploma of Clinical Pilates at Revisitation. Mm. Yeah. You've done like more Pilates education than like many <laughs> Pilates studios. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, I know. And that's, I know. Not, that's not a down on anyone, right? Like just do one cert. You're fine. Uh, but I'm just, it's just impressive. <laughs> yeah. you've, you've done more education Thank you. than me. <laughs> For sure. Thank you. Pilates. Thank you. Uh, I mean, so I guess I always, I always want to know more. And yeah. I always want to know why. And I always want more information and more knowledge. It's just, it's kind of addictive in a way. <laughs> yeah, it's really, like knowledge is a really expensive hobby. Like, Mm. <laughs> it's a really expensive hobby. Um, sure is. Talking from the United States um, academia system, um, it's a really expensive hobby, yeah. but it's really rewarding. Mm. So then, like, so so you went to Polestar and you you had your initial Pilates training, right? So then, mm. what was that like for you? Like when you went out into the world, like why? Like I'm kind of curious, like how big is the gap between like Polestar and then Power Pilates? And then why huge. not just do like one thing of education and like yeah. go do it? Okay, why? no, it's it's big. It's a big gap. I mean, so uh, Polestar is really contemporary, right? Mm -hmm. It's uh, a lot of anatomy and a lot of like exercises that are, um, I don't want to say, I, like partial, I call them partial exercises where you only work one body part. So like you stay oh, okay. still and yeah. then you move your leg or you stay still and you move your arm. Yeah. Um, lots of like, they called it, they called it rehab, which I now know is not exactly rehab, but that's what they called it. Um, and it's a little bit far from the original Pilates, you know, the, 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 what Joseph Pilates taught. Okay. You learn all of these amazing things about the breathing, the diaphragmatic breathing, the spine and the big mechanics and all of this cool stuff. But for me, I was like, okay, this is great because I just kind of stumbled into that training. But to move to power Pilates for me was more like, okay, let me see where this really comes from because that's a classical course. So that's teaching the exercises as Joseph Pilates taught them in the order he taught them in the way he taught them. And that yeah. for me was interesting because I always want to get closer to the root of things. I think it's important to understand where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. And there's, uh, that, that was uh, beautifully said. And, and from my understanding, uh, Polestar, shout out to any Polestar instructors, you all are awesome. Um, yeah. From my understanding, like it's from uh, Dr. Brent Anderson, who's a, yeah. a physiotherapist. Yeah. Super, super smart. If you ever just like sit there and listen to him, like absorb yeah. everything. He's amazing. Um, so then it, it makes sense why, like, you know, as a physio student, yes. like why it's like, well, let's just isolate the elbow because, yes. you know, you can get really biomedical really quickly hmm. um and and i could see how as someone who wants to get closer to like who wants to know the source that's that's really far from the source yeah, exactly. and if you, like if anyone's like what are you talking about well just can like just watch like a contemporary video and then go youtube joseph pilates like pulling someone's hair during the yeah. right? you, you know it's like you don't have to go to that close to the source but it's like yeah you know th there's there's quite a distance and, and it's not about hierarchy like right or wrong no but, um, no but no awesome. It's like, it's a historical interest of yeah. why are we doing what we're doing? Where does it come from? How was it intended originally? And mm -hmm. that for me always had a lot of attraction. That was very attractive to me. That's also why I searched yeah. out Lolita. And then like, what did you learn from that? Like, like, why is it valuable to know, like, like, where it's 2023, why is it valuable to you mm -hmm. uh, and to your clients of like, where the original intention was? Hmm. Okay, so that's interesting. Um, I think if we're doing Pilates, <laughs> right, if we're going to call it Pilates, yeah, we should start with Joseph Pilates because he made it up. It was, it was his work, his set of exercises, his workout. And yeah. for me personally, in my experience, it was his work that transformed my body more than anything else. Like what I did in Amsterdam was amazing, mind-blowing and wonderful. But when I got to his work with his order and his set of exercises, 
that was really when I found all these other benefits, like getting yeah. stronger, getting more flexible, getting more grounded, uh, less stress. I felt like this balance. It was just, it felt so good. It felt like being alive every time I did his workout. Um, so as yeah. a personal experience, I like sharing the work the way he did it. Um, but I also think that it's very valuable. Like I said, if we're doing Pilates, we have, we owe it to him to at least know how he did it. Right. And then if we're going to change something, know why we're changing it. A hundred percent. Right. And so it's, I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm a huge advocate for just like knowing information. And then it is nice to know like the origin of Pilates. And then yeah. you mentioned something that's really powerful of like knowing why you're like, in this case, it's knowing why you're deviating, but are just like, I would even just mm -hmm. like zoom out further and like knowing why you're making a decision, you know, is, is exactly. really important. And then when we're exactly. talking about Pilates, yes. it's, it's, it, you know, I do have, I do hold you anyone listening. Like if you're, if you didn't like have like original training or whatever, you're still an authentic instructor. This is just a, yes. a, an, an opinion or something where it's like, oh, everyone can grow. And sometimes people can grow in this direction and having knowledge mm -hmm. of, the like the original repertoire is really it, it it has it has a ton of value. Like my first training was classical, but then to be confined in the original repertoire has a has a host of problems, right? Yeah. And so being confined in anything has a host of problems. But like this is just like one like root of the tree, and it's a really strong root of the tree in a Pilates instructor to to know like oh yeah it went like you know, the hundred, then the roll up, then the rollover, then I'll stop. But yeah. like, we don't have to go through yeah. all 37, but like, it's, it's, it is really, <laughs> we could. And then, yeah. so it's like, all right, so you have this knowledge, right? You, you, you have this knowledge of like, oh, now I, I'm closer to the source, right? And yeah. I'm having these amazing benefits, yet you seek out more. <laughs> why why not like yeah. like you have this like like physio yeah. knowledge right from like dr yeah. anderson and then you get to yeah. the source and then you go to yeah. lolita and then what was yeah. like your process like for that going to lolita was like going to this like rock star of pilates and being like wow i want to be around you i want to learn from you she was a mentor to me as well as a teacher um, yeah. um, about her approach, her life, how she's built her life around this method. Um, and it was really interesting because I thought I was getting closer to the source when I went to her. But something that she taught me was that sometimes it's okay to deviate or to let go a little bit <laughs> if you need to for whatever, like if you have a good reason, mm -hmm. right? Um, because she doesn't teach the exercises in the same order or in the same way that Joseph Pilates did. And I was like, damn, she was certified by Joseph Pilates. And she's found value in, she actually recertified herself with Polestar. And one of the things that she kept saying was that we have to preserve, but also evolve. And we have mm -hmm. to keep learning, right? So we got to preserve all of this like heritage and uh, repertoire and, and knowledge that Joseph left us, but we also need to keep evolving with what's going on around us, which ties in really nicely to my newest uh, training, which is evidence-based, which is taking oh, yeah. all the research oh, you know that we have there. now. Of course, we're going there. How could we not? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we can't. We can't just stay stuck in the past. We can't stay in that little, it's a snapshot of time, um, what Joseph totally. always did, which was really good. And still is yeah. valid, but you know, we know more things now than we did then. Yeah, keep keep growing, and like and like, and I think it's really important to do so, just from a knowledge perspective, and to like not mm. to satisfy like the ghost of Mister Pilates, but like not in any disrespect, but like not to satisfy anyone, but like no. just like because that's just the like the 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 way life works. Um, mm. Like just just keep growing, and and yeah. and I think like that. I think what's really always interesting is to ask like the opposite, right? Cause you talk about like preserving, but then also expanding or something. I, mm -hmm. I don't know if those are the Evolving, words. yeah. Evolving. So then the opposite of that is like, don't evolve, right? That, that makes no sense. You can't. It's like, no, 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 no only keep it no here, sense. don't evolve. So then yeah. it, it, it just makes like evolution or, or evolving a little bit more 
sensible or like, oh yeah, duh. Right. Yeah. And then, <laughs> right. Like I should do that. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, cause, cause then it's like, well, at the end of the day, help people. Right. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's like, just help the person or the people in front yeah. of you. And if you do that, like yeah. you're, you're, you're fucking awesome. Right. And then yeah. it just so happens that like the original repertoire is a really great way to help a lot of people. Yeah. Right. And even if you're a it contemporary is. instructor, you probably do footwork. Right. Where do you think came from? Right. Of There's, it's just yeah. a different blend. Right. We're all kind of doing it to some degree. But, you know, the um, if you want to go OG, OG, OG also works. Yeah. Um, so. So with that, so you, so now there's like this, like um, almost like an attractive character, right? You have you have Lolita, you have your your training, mm -hmm. your two previous trainings. Mm -hmm. You have Lolita, and you're learning to grow and expand. And like, like, what was that like for you in terms of getting closer to the source, but seeing someone as close to the source as possible, deviating from the source? <laughs> like, 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 where did that take yeah. you to be like, holy shit, now I have to. Do yeah. Um, it was really interesting. I didn't expect that was that was what was going to happen. Right. Um, but it was cool because when I got through all of that and I'm just kind of doing my own thing, I started to, like I just said, do my own thing, which is an interpretation of all the things that I've learned until now. And in the end, that's what makes me me, right? Um, yeah. It's just a compilation of everything I've learned and how I apply it. And that's really cool because doing the thing the way Joe did it was trying to be Joe, which I am clearly not, right? So that it's nice mean, to have this yeah. permission kind of in a way to have permission to evolve and grow. Um, so it's really yeah. quite freeing, actually, and it's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And also like permission to not be your instructors, right? To not yeah, be the trainer that exactly. trained you. It, like, like you don't have yes. to be anyone else. Like anyone listening to this, like you officially have permission to not be your trainer who taught you Pilates, yes, but please. to learn from them. And to grow from your original yes. training is not disrespect to your original training. If you're not allowed to grow exactly. from your original training, that's disrespect to you. Yeah. I will leave that yeah, right there. Yeah, totally permission. agree. So you mm -hmm. have this permission to like grow into like your own Pilates human, right? Shout out to Anula Meiberg, by the way, and Pilates human. But um, so you have this permission yeah. to grow into a Pilates human. And like, where did you, like you ended up at Breathe Education. You ended up at Breathe Education yeah. in the Diploma of Clinical Pilates. I have the honor of being one of the trainers. Uh, still, I'm one of the trainers on, on the course. And what kind of brought you there instead of like, going closer to the source again because that's the deviation okay, from so, like we, we hold true yeah. to the source and the cert yeah. but then we just kind of like grab a kettlebell <laughs> in the diploma like we, we, we're like yeah, yeah but. ask all my clients they know yeah. that now <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh yeah um i think i felt like i had come full circle since starting with uh um pole star doing the rehabby stuff, going through power, going through the source, going back to Lolita, who again kind of brought me back to Polestar in a kind of strange way, but kept essence of Joseph Pilates. I was like, that's it. Like I have studied so much about his work. I've read his book so many times. I've done his exercises so many times. I know them. I know them. I have them in my brain. They live in my body. I, I can, I dream them. You know, I dream a hundred <laughs> roll up single leg, you know, uh, all of it. Going to bed doing that, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't intend on doing any more Pilates training, even though it's a very fun and enjoyable experience that I've always loved. I wasn't going to do any more. And I stumbled onto the Pilates Elephants podcast. So yeah. I started listening to this podcast um, and yeah. I was intrigued. I really was intrigued with what was being said. And I was thinking, wow, this makes a lot of sense. Like a lot of the topics that were brought up, I was like, damn, that makes so much sense. Like it was things that I had kind of felt intuitively, um, mm -hmm. but never thought they were actually backed by science or that they were real. 
Um, and I actually, I went on a, one of these community sessions that Raf was doing. Yeah. And I asked a bunch of questions, as I usually do. Of course. And <laughs> he answered my <laughs> questions. And after the session, I was still not satisfied. And I read all the papers that were referenced in the, in the whatever, the, the session. And I put together this massive email about hamstrings and flexibility and posture. And I asked all these like questions and sent it to Raf in an email. And he answered me and he answered every single one of my questions, like very, very well. And I was just like blown away by how he took the time, you know, to sit down and go through this email to answer me, a random person on the other side of the world. Like, who am I to him? And it just, it floored me. I was really impressed. And then the rest is history. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Raph's, Raph's brilliant and very, very, very generous uh, with, with his yeah, time. Exactly. And so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it sounds like you weren't really looking for a training, but then you yet no. stumbled on a podcast that piqued your interest and, yeah. you know, ended up going through other resources to kind of get a little bit closer to, to that knowledge in, in that mm-hmm. it, it created a sense of curiosity. Yeah. In, in you and also like it, like it sounds like it was um impressive that that raf took the time and to answer your question obviously the if i know knowing raf um he quoted I, yeah. I imagine that that the did. answers were were pretty damn good yeah. uh raf brilliant guy uh, if, you, if you aren't following raf or listen to that podcast a lot of these elements mm-hmm. i highly recommend it yeah um uh, with that so then it's like you Okay, so, so you go to the community session, you send him like heaps of information, you get heaps of information back, you're like, oh, <laughs> shit, like, whoa, yeah. right? And yeah. I can only imagine if it was like hamstrings, posture, and all the things. Yeah. Um, and then you end up enrolling in the Diploma yeah. of Clinical Pilates. Like, what was, what like, like for anyone who's unfamiliar, the Diploma of Clinical Pilates is an evidence-based Pilates course that is a year long. Um, anyone who's a Pilates instructor can, can go ahead um, and, and enroll. Um, at any time, year-long mm-hmm. uh, intensive uh, course. So, yeah. so why why did you get convinced to go more of like an evidence-based path? Um, I think it was because I mean, no, I know it was because of that email. Um, it was because of that email and how he answered my question. Like, okay, so I've always been the person asking all the questions, always. Yep. And lots of times the answer I've received is because that's the way it is. Sometimes that's people way answer. Of saying, that, I don't you know? know the answer. But I Yeah, have I mean uh, Yeah. And I I don't mean to say that every teacher always has to know all the answers to everything, but a very good answer a teacher can give you is I don't know, but let me find out. You know, because there should be a way to find out because if there's not a way to find out it's because you're probably teaching something that doesn't have any backing right yeah or it's not supported laugh. by science because then when you go evidence-based you find out that science doesn't know <laughs> sometimes sometimes you don't know but like well we don't know we but, don't know why it hurts yeah but we know things that can help um so sorry to interrupt you um yeah it just made me chuckle a little bit <laughs> Um, that's so, okay so yeah I, so, so to anyone who's ever had that experience i guess i valid. just it's valid um it's it happens a lot in this industry i think because a lot of the stuff that is taught we just don't know why like joseph pilates i mean lolita told me i kept asking lolita everything and she was like amy i mean joe if joe were here he would have just told you just because just it's what's this exercise for it's for the body it's for the body that's all he would say you know, so the teachers that learned from him weren't taught why or how or what, because maybe he didn't know how to verbalize it, or maybe he didn't want it, you know, who knows? Or maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know. No. So I was just very, very um, excited and interested by someone who was actually answering these questions that I had, providing uh, resources providing, um, like you said, quoting articles, being like, "This I got from here. This I got from here," and I was like, "Oh wow, yep. this is this is cool." <laughs> yeah, this is you know, 
this is real. Yeah, that was a really big change for me before I became staff. It, it was just in, involved in just like anyone in the Pilates community um, can mm -hmm. be. To see to the like, like a big, if I were to differentiate an evidence-based approach from like a non-evidence-based approach, not in the hierarchy, but just a differentiating, differentiating factor yeah. is that on an evidence-based approach, we say this thing, right? Nordic hamstring curls are great for hamstring um, injury prevention. And then we cite an article yeah. that says, hey, here's a systematic review where scientists, researchers, research how Nordic hamstring curls affect the hamstring injury rate in said population. Exactly. And then we can take that information and apply it. Yeah. And so, so it, it is trying to extract information and, and Breeze does it really, really well okay, um, of extracting information from scientific articles and applying it to Pilates. So there's, and, and, and sometimes the, and it doesn't mean that we always know the answer, because if you're going to become evidence-based, like prepare for uncertainty. And then like at first it's really uncomfortable and then you like learn to get comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Because you end up saying like, I don't know, but then you have more confidence in the, I don't know. Cause one, like you just might have growth mindset and be like, I don't know, but I want to learn. Or you might be like, I don't know, right? Like we, like we don't like, like, um, what's the topic we don't know about? Like exercises for spondylolisthesis. I don't know because there isn't really a lot of research on it. Science so anytime we know. are saying stuff mm -hmm. and saying that's the way it is, that's theory. Yeah. You, you can become a lot more confident in the, I don't know. And there's so Absolutely. much less pressure. Like, like science is a no, so there's no way I can know, but I can make shit up if I want. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if I give you an answer, like I'm making yeah. it up, right? So actually, I don't know is actually more correct in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. And like you just said, I think it's really important to circle back to that, that it gives you confidence. I have oh, never yeah. been more confident in my life of what I'm doing than I am now, you know, knowing that the way that I'm teaching and the things that I'm doing with for my clients, since it's evidence-based, mm -hmm. it means that I can know with a hundred percent certainty that I am giving them the best possible care today. Right. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that this way of teaching is going to be the way of teaching that we'll always teach because that's going to evolve as the evidence evolves. Like if suddenly we have a paper that says Nordic hamstring curls are bad for whatever, blah, 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 that we're not going to do them anymore. Something right? like it's that not actually just one recently way. happened with Nordic hamstring really? curls specifically. Because <laughs> they, they oh came out God, with really? wild stat of like it reduced. Sorry, I'm going down the Nordic hamstring curls rabbit hole for a second. second. Do so it. this is a really good Do example it. of like fit changes. So it's like, we, it was like, it was the year before you did the diploma. We, we used it, okay. it was a meta-analysis. And we were like, hey, like Nordic hamstring curls reduce hamstring injuries by like 75%. It was some wild okay. statistic. That's really high, but it was yeah. really high evidence. And then like, of course, researchers were like, hmm. I'm going to critically appraise this. And a, a, a critical appraisal came out that was like, this is why statistics matter, because they didn't do it right. And then uh, they redid the statistics, and it was still helpful, right? Still helpful, but to like a realistic, it was like bringing it down to like, I, I, I don't remember the, the number, but it was way less than 75%. We're really bad at preventing hamstring strains. That's why if, if your favorite athlete gets a hamstring strain, yeah, they're putting millions of dollars into preventing it, and we suck at it. And because right. if we didn't suck at it, kind of like low back pain, it wouldn't be so prevalent. Um, but just because you went on Nordic hamstring curls, I thought that was, it was this really good example of like, yeah. So yeah. when you went through the diploma, there was no like, Hey, Nordic hamstring, unless I don't think we did. No, like, no, no. It was like this wild statistic. Oh yeah. Cause no. I sent the paper to Ramp. This is how we work at Breathe. We change our content every year Which is because amazing. science changes. Yeah. Right? So I was like, Hey, we can't do that this year. Here's the paper. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so anyways, so that's just a really good example of like, why it's it's helpful to like learn like what papers say, yeah. But the the um, how do you say like like the secret ingredient is knowing how to update your knowledge over time. Yes. And I think that's a really key thing with evidence base is it's like yeah. you, we can have this like great foundation of like knowing Joseph Pilates work, and then even like going like Polestar and like knowing how to like move like the first um, big like you move your big toe. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Whatever. 
Yeah. And then like, that's great, right? Let's strengthen your flexor, flexor hallucis longus. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, being able to also add like an evidence-based approach that allows it to continue to, to evolve. Um, for me, that's been like the most impactful thing with the evidence base. But I'm curious, like for you, like what, like what was the most impactful thing that becoming more of an evidence-based Pilates instructor has had on you? Oh my gosh, it's many things. Yeah, you know? it can be seven what, things. <laughs> what you just, can I do seven, please? No, <laughs> I okay. think the number the number one is to to learn and to know that humans are incredibly resilient oh, and that yeah. that might sound like really you know basic or silly but for me that's been totally like a life-changing thing um because like my previous courses there's always been this like chapter on movement contraindications so if you have this injury you can't do this and this and this and this and that. like there was like a list of oh, things yeah, for each shit. injury yeah. it's scary shit and i i'm really good at memorizing stuff and studying so in my brain i have all these lists of things that each person can't do they can't do you know mm. um and i thought i was being the best awesomest teacher because I was being very careful with all my clients. And in the end, I was basically wrapping them in bubble wrap, you know, being like, you can't do this, you can't do this, this and this and this. Um, and th these stories that this tells us, it, they're scary, you know, and they're just not true. Um, and to know that they're not true and that we're so strong and that we heal and that exercise heals uh, for me, on a personal level, had a big impact because I had a, uh, a hip injury eight years ago. I had, um, they call it FAI, so femoral acetabular impingement. Oh, yeah, we covered that one. And it was, I had a cartilage tear, a labrum tear, and I had mm -hmm. an MRI, and the doctor said, you need surgery. This, you know, we're going to do surgery three months from now. And what he told me was that I had faulty hip biomechanics. So like my acetabulum was pointing in a certain angle. So when I did hip flexion, the femoral head was bumping against the rim of the acetabulum, causing the cartilage to tear or squeeze or, pit, you know, shit. You know, I was 30 and I was doing ballet. I was rock climbing. I was doing all of this hip flexion. And this was a very depressing thing to hear from a surgeon. You know, to be like, your hips are bad. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. But then, like, so, you know, the exactly. And I cried, I cried so much that day in the, in the office, in the doctor's office. And I was just, it was horrible. And so what did I do? I did lots and lots of special Pilates exercises. So many. I did all the special. I, I thought, I, of course, of course. <laughs> I thought I could change yeah. how... So I started, I studied arthrokinematics online. Yeah. I looked for all these like resources on the Google yeah. about how when you do hip flexion. I just want to define that. Arthrokinematics means joint movement. Arthro means joint and yeah. kinematics means movement. Yeah. I would have been like, I don't know what the hell's I mean. Yeah. Talking about. So she's talking about studying yeah. joint movement. I was like that. <laughs> yeah. Right, go for it. Yeah. So you learn, you learn that when the hip flexes, you know, the femur goes up with relation yeah, to the pelvis. But then like in arthrokinematics, you learn that the femoral head has to uh, rotate and glide and shift posteriorly. Like it's this really in-depth, minuscule interior movement that happens inside the joint. And I actually thought I could cue that and do it on purpose because I, so after doing these exercises for three months, I was pain-free. Okay, so I was pain-free and... My doctor was like, whoa, what did you do? And I was like, I did Pilates. I did this special Pilates exercise. Mm -hmm. And I became the hip person. So I got a bunch of clients that had FAI, and I thought I was the specialist in helping heal femoral acetabular impingement through these special exercises. And that I could cue people to internally do the special rotation. And it's just, now that I think of it, I'm like, no, no, no. That's, you know, with what I know now, that's not really what happened, <laughs> you know, because now it turns out that label tears and FII related findings are super common in people that yeah. are pain free, you know, and yeah, that's I the same story for herniated discs and other stuff. 
What yeah, for say? anyone listening, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, they 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 take scans of asymptomatic Do people, so people that have no hip pain, and it's it, it is really common to find um, to it's find FAI. Common. So you could have like a cam morphology it's or um, a pincer morphology. That just means like your bones are shaped different ways, and then it's uh, from a biomedical model, meaning we use biomechanics to explain pain. Um, we, the idea is like this thing causes more pain, and that's why. You got, you kind of got a diagnosis exactly. of like, you're fucked. <laughs> like, like that was like, your yeah, you're fucked. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Right. There's nothing you could do, yeah. but then it's like, because there is nothing you can do. Right. In terms of the shape of yeah. the bone, but like, this is a really yeah. classic example of um, pain doesn't equal injury. Right. Uh, which is something that we exactly. covered in great depth. Right. In, in, um, in, in the diploma and, and, be, and one thing that I want to just define is like the definition of pain for anyone who's listening is uh, is, is a um, an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience that is associated with or resembling that associated with actual or potential tissue damage, which is a really long way of saying there's um, physical components, there's psychological components, both not or it's and both, both okay and you might not mm-hmm. even have damaged tissue which means pain exactly. is not tissue pain is an experience exactly. um, so just i i'm so happy that I've, i i can memorize that definition holy shit that took me years um, <laughs> uh, sorry to steal the spotlight Good job. Amy. You got in it. um so, so like, like, <laughs> i could have said like, it we talked about that, like, because because it kind of seems like like um, based on what you're saying that that has been like a like an ev- like an evolutionary perspective for you that like your structure doesn't yeah. define your pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And tell me more was, about that. That was huge. That was huge. You know, because then realizing that and having thought for like eight years, <laughs> having thought for like eight years that yeah. my structure was wrong or that I was broken. And that I just couldn't wrap my head around. That's why, like, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And now I'm doing all the things. I'm doing all the climbing and the running and the squatting and my hip is awesome. Like, it doesn't hurt. So I was like, when I read this paper about the hip FAI, I was like, oh, wow, okay. It makes sense. There's my hip. There's my hip. I'm a normal, it has a normal hip, like all the other normal hips. And my pain Maybe it got better because of natural history, which is just what happens if you do nothing different and you let your injury run its course. Or maybe it's because I did general graded strengthening, which is just what the guidelines for hip pain advise us to do. You know, yeah. but I thought it was this special magic Pilates exercise. But now I know yeah. that it wasn't that. And, yeah, and a lot of that is like your belief, right? Your expectations. So yeah. anyone listening, like your expectations that a treatment will work um it it will shift it to how do you say it increases the probability it increases outcome so if i tell you like this is the best back pain exercise ever you're and you actually believe me you're more likely to get better than if i didn't tell you that yeah and and that's and there's heaps of heaps of literature on that i'll drop some in the show notes so like possibly right it's like well maybe because your pilates instructor is awesome and they're like hey this is like the special hip exercise you're going to get better um which kind of shifts to like um, an epiphany that often happens in like an evidence-based approach is like the exercise isn't as important as we thought it was before, but how we talk about the exercise is critical. Right. And and like, how has that been for you in terms of like your selection of exercise and how you talk about the exercise? Um, I still select very similar exercises. Right. Yeah, no, same. <laughs> in same. many, in many cases. Because yeah. I do refer back to the original work a lot. I love Good. Joseph Pilates' work. I use it every day. Yeah. Um, but how I talk fun. about it is, is a little different. And I also, part of the evidence-based approach, which I like, which I really like, is that the exercise which is most important or is going to work best is the one that the client thinks is going to work best. So if a client says, oh, this is great for my calves for whatever reason, I'll be like, yes, it is. And I'll be sure to include that exercise in every class <laughs> because I know that they think it's important and that actually the evidence shows us 
means it's going to work because that's the one that they think is going to work. Yeah. And a lot of times what they mean is this makes my calf feel better. Yeah. Right. So I'm, it's reducing my, my symptom, which is yes. uh, a sensory and emotional experience. Yes. So Amy is leveraging. Everyone is talking about like leveraging the emotional experience of that pain. And which is like, that's where you become like a Pilates Jedi. And it's, it's just like, oh, like, like, and it's not only incorporating that exercise, but reminding them be like, oh, we're going to do that awesome exercise yeah. you love. Oh yeah. Does that feel better? Right. You can yeah. find, you can, you can use your words to just uh, like very skillfully enhance yeah. movement experience. And it's not about tricking anyone or it's not about trying to play into anything it's what the evidence says works best yeah you're enhancing cool. expectations yeah 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 100 yeah. uh, um, and then so like so then we've been like talking about like f- coming full circle right you like went mm-hmm. around the globe of like to learn pilates from like pole star to um pole star to power pilates to lolita to diploma of clinical pilates and and, and and now now we're here, and I imagine if we talk in five years, people are like, oh yeah, then I started learning this. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you don't expect them to stop, right? Like, like insane here, right? And then, like, where would you like, like, how would you like to impact the Pilates community, right? Like, because Amy Sasso is like in the Pilates community. Going forward, what kind of an impact would you like or inspire other instructors to have? That's a good question. I, I think the biggest impact on me is this evidence-based approach is this clinical Pilates program that I've done because it has freed me in so many ways. And it has allowed me to be optimistic about movement. And it has allowed me to empower every single one of my clients, you know, and honestly and truthfully, see how amazing they are and say it to them every day and see how they grow in confidence and um, getting stronger, getting more pain-free. And it's just something that has been exponentially uh, increased since I did this latest course. So if I can inspire just one person to become interested in being evidence-based and to start to research a little bit the way I did to listen to the podcast, the Pilates Elephants podcast, the way I did... I know I will have made a difference because that person, I am sure, will start to spread that information around the people that they see around their clients. And that's going to have a huge impact because it, it's just it's just amazing. You know, and the, the work is good and it's backed by science and it works. So. Yeah, 100%. And, 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 and you, you highlight that really well of just that, that trickle down effect, right? Like if you can help like, Yes. One individual will become more of a movement optimist. You may have actually helped like a hundred people. Exactly. You never know how many people exactly. um, that individual is going to touch. Yeah. So anyone listening to this and, and just, you know, when you're talking to your colleagues and stuff like that, or you learn something new and maybe you talk to an instructor to try and help them. Right. And or maybe they talk to you to try to help you is that you're not just helping them, but you're helping anyone that they touch. Right. Or anyone that they, they share yeah. that knowledge uh, that they share that knowledge. Exactly. With. Um, and then like, yeah. so, so we're like, we're in the space of time, right? Where it, there's like, in terms of the evolution of Pilates, there's like, there's been contrology, right? And then there's like the classical mm-hmm. era, there is like a contemporary era. And then we're in this space where there's like, I don't know what label to put on it, but there's a, an, a shift for at least maybe I'm totally biased, but like, why well, aren't we all? Right. There's a shift towards like some corner of the world is like going into more of an evidence-based approach and trying to, you know, create more of that movement optimism and incorporate the biopsychosocial model. Um, like, like, where do you want to see um, the Pilates industry grow? Mm. I think since from when Joseph was alive until now, um, the Pilates industry has come a long way. Like a mm. lot has happened good and bad, both. Um, But I am, if I'm to be very optimistic, I would like to see more schools, more Pilates schools and certification programs start to consider rewriting parts of their syllabus, not because the exercisers are bad or not because what they're teaching is bad. No, 
but I would like to see evidence-based approach being incorporated, you know, because the exercises are still relevant and still awesome and still powerful, and we need to still keep doing them. But <laughs> we can't ignore all of the new things that have come out with science. We just can't ignore it. I think it's um, unfair. It's unfair to our clients. It's unfair to ourselves to ignore to what the evidence is saying now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Nicely said. Um, yeah. So I, that's where I would love to see things going, um, if possible. Keep and our it, minds open. Yeah. And yeah, and never that, stop that, learning. A big reason why we get along, Amy. Uh, I have very, you know, I have um, <laughs> very similar feelings about that. It's that. <clears throat> You know why not, right? Like, like, like why not? Like, uh, like, require, like, um, incorporate. You know, more, more of an evidence-based approach. And then, like, what are we hiding yeah. if, if we, if we're afraid of doing so, right? Like, exactly. Meaning, meaning, like, if we not do even... so, why is it a threat, right? Um, it ain't, but, but I also it's not think a that threat. part of it, it's not. But sometimes, like, like it is a skill, though. I do have to give that, like, like for like a compassionate point of view, like it's a skill. To, to be able to find literature, to be able to create it. And I don't know if everyone who, who does Pilates education has that skill. Although I right. do think that larger companies with more resources should seek out people that have that skill because you yes. can find them if you value them. Yes. And, I'm, yes. and just like from anecdotally, like I've worked for multiple companies and I'll never forget questioning why our whole special populations module had no, it, it had no citations. Right. Obviously not talking about breathe. Like we have a citation for everything, right. uh, which is why I worked there. And so, so a previous company, like back in the day, they were just like, think of us like a textbook, right? Like textbooks don't need citations. And I was like, right. yes, they fucking do. Like, right. I have of course. Textbooks right here with citations. Like, you know what I mean? Like they just didn't care. No. And so I, so I think it's important to recognize like that there's a ton of value. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of value in being able to back up. Um, what we have to say and i think there's a lot of growth um to be had you know with yeah. that but at the end of the day like we're we're all you know we're all doing our best and when you know better you do better and, exactly. and this is also like at every at this isn't just pilates right i love pilates i have a reformer right behind me and i have a cadillac right next to me <laughs> but like i love pilates i just also love growth and movement i'm also a student yeah. of physio and there's a lot of times like really fucking old information so this is oh, at wow. every level of ed, uh, every level of education this isn't just a pilates part of a problem it's a mm -hmm. education problem i'm a, it's 2023 i'm about to be a doctor of physical therapy and i was taught to treat low back pain with transverse abdominus activation with oh, a no. blood pressure cuff oh like, no me back to the fucking dinosaur age so like so just like i'm just using that as an example like this is not just a Pilates problem. Anyone who's listening to this, you're awesome. Just keep keep learning, and and I hope that this conversation thus far has has helped um, uh, facilitate that a little bit in terms of curiosity. Um, and, and I'm curious, Amy, for you, like, what what advice would you give like curious uh, instructors out there? Uh, yeah, keep your mind open. And if your mind is open, get ready for it to be blown over and over again <laughs> when you start entering this evidence-based world because there's so much great stuff that will just have you going, wow, you know, really? And look for, look for places. Like, look, I mean, go to the Pilates Elephant podcast. Start there. I think that's a great place to start. Um, look for people on Instagram that are evidence-based and not only Pilates teachers, like yoga teachers and physiotherapists or any movement specialist. Mm -hmm. I think it was you or it was Raf that someday put a list of follow these people. And I followed all of them and I've oh, yeah, been super inspired by all of them. So you have a bunch of those great uh, resources for people. Yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's just it. Like, and go with an open mind and be ready, be ready for it because it's, it's big. Um, and what you're going to find out is awesome. Yeah. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, hmm. it's like in, in to add on to that, right. You said that beautifully and, and like, don't, I, I would also just add on, like, don't just learn to not be attached to information. Yes, exactly. 
exactly yeah just like it's like the tide man just let it flow and like what sticks sticks and what doesn't doesn't and you don't have to know it all um mm -hmm. that's a really big thing you don't need to know it all right um but like know someone who might know <laughs> you know <laughs> or know how to find it i don't yeah, like there have been so many times where like amy you've asked me a question and something yeah. with diploma and i'm like i don't know but like <laughs> that's a really great question like and then i you know like go on some Google Scholar rabbit hole. I think yeah. the best one was like how to translate a scan report in Spanish. I was yes. like, uh, I was like uh, <laughs> sorry about that one. I, I my partner speaks Spanish. You know, yeah, get him to help me. We got through it. Yeah, yeah we got through fun. it. Uh, yeah. Awesome. But uh, before we go ahead and uh, we wrap up, uh, for listeners that would love to stay in touch uh, with you, Amy, how can anyone? Um, Stay in touch with you. Um, I'm on Instagram. My user is Amy Sasso Pilates, or you can also send me an email, amysasso at gmail.com. I would love to hear from anyone that has questions about becoming evidence-based or questions about anything, or if you just want to talk, I'm always really happy to hear from you. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, all that information will be in the show notes, so you don't have to like memorize it. You can just click <laughs> on it and get a hold, um, get a hold of Amy. Um, Amy, is there anything else that you'd like to share uh, with the listeners out there? Um, I don't know. Thanks for listening, I guess. I hope that this has, you know, piqued your interest maybe about looking more into becoming evidence-based because it really is something worth doing. It really is special um, and it really has changed my life. So hopefully it can change yours too, if that's what you're looking for. 100%. It was incredible uh, to have you on the podcast, Amy. Uh, thank you. And I'm looking forward to just seeing uh, all the awesome things uh, that you do in the years to come. And thank you to everyone uh, who listened. Uh, until next time, stay awesome. Thanks, Adam. I hope you enjoyed this episode and in return, I would love it if you could leave a positive review so that I know that you're listening and benefiting from this podcast. I do this 100% for free from my spare time and I just want to help the Pilates industry learn and grow and when reviews grow on a podcast, they become more visible and therefore more helpful to the community. Um, as always, you're welcome to, to reach out to me personally as well for any of your thoughts as well as a request for future episodes. And of course, if you'd like to learn more, you are welcome to go to the Evidence-Based Pilates platform with the link in my bio and browse any of the courses that we have to offer. Uh, have an incredible day.